Well, the hatred, maybe hate's a strong word, the disrespect is ongoing. Yesterday, Kyle and Mills and I broke down the, the annual NBA GM poll, uh, which just completely slandered the Golden State Warriors. And then a day later, ESPN release, releases a player ranking poll where Stephen Curry is disrespected. I got Greg Silver to join me next, where we fight back on Stephen Curry's honor. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors. Your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. And on YouTube, where our live shows are exclusively broadcasted, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. I guarantee Greg Silver is going to bring it tonight. You can follow him on Twitter at Greg O Silver. That's Greg O-H Silver. But on threads where both of us are, are I don't know if you're more active on there, but we're both active on there. Uh, on threads, it's Greg O Silver minus the H. It's just Greg, the letter O and Silver. Greg, how are you doing, brother? Great to see you. Um, and, and why don't you add real quick your thoughts? Because I know you wanted to talk about this. What are your thoughts on the NBA GM poll and how basically not a not basically literally not a single GM picked the Warriors to win the title this year? What are your thoughts on that and how the hell are you doing, man? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Good to see always you as always. I'm glad in a way that we have a little bit of a hard out because that's kind of the podcast God's way of telling us to stay on topic today. But no, I'm doing good in all seriousness. It's great to be back on the show. What does this hard out thing mean? The, are you, the, hard, the audience has no idea what you're talking about, dude. Why do, what, what do you mean by that? Oh, <laughs> just with my uh, my commitment later in the night of uh, going right. into work <laughs> in the late hours. Um, right. <laughs> a little too inside there, brother. But go ahead. What are your, what are your thoughts on the, on the NBA poll, man? What, what, what are your feelings about the fact that not a single GM in the NBA picked the Golden State Warriors to win the title this year? Your thoughts? I feel right in line with Steve Kerr, to be honest, where he said, we don't care. And the reason I say that is because why should we really care when take away the three years where Kevin Durant was in the Bay Area and the Warriors probably weren't supposed to win, at least at this point in the season, 2015, with Kerr's first year, they weren't supposed to get all the way to the finals and be champions and get past LeBron James going back into Cleveland. 2017 through uh, 19 was the year with Kevin Durant and Really, 2016 was the only time they were supposed to win and then didn't end up delivering, coming like just shy by four points in a game seven. It's okay. We all healed from that. And then 2022 was the year that none of that was supposed to happen. And that's kind of been the story of the Warriors as a whole. I mean, the three longest tenured players for any team in the league is now Steph, Clay, Dre, all members of the Warriors. Steph Curry, if you watch the underrated documentary at Davidson, Absolutely none of that was supposed to happen. They were down by 17 points in uh, the, the second half, I think, of the round of 32 game. And that's when, like, the nice little fun Cinderella was supposed to end. So, yeah, like, it's fine. I don't think 
people are going to hop back on the trendiness of the Warriors when they finally got back on top. Maybe this time last year, people were picking them to go and repeat as champions. But then with everything that happens and the Warriors may be disappointing by their standards, Denver kind of coming out of nowhere. The Lakers had a late season push after the trade deadline. I don't see why people besides us who are clearly very invested in the team and others like us, I don't see why anybody else who's just a neutral league eye would feel the incentive to pick the Warriors to do the impossible again. You know, uh, I, I have to push back just a little bit because for anyone who's been watching this show since I first stepped in uh, back in 2021, um, and I've been hosting the uh, I've been co- hosting the Rick Barry show with Hall of Famer Rick Barry as well for many years beyond that. So the receipts are there. I was emphatically uh, confident in guaranteeing that the Golden State Warriors were going to win the championship in 2022. The only other person I saw there that made that prediction as well was Stephen A. Smith. He was a little flimsy about it throughout the season because it was a roller coaster season to a certain extent. We didn't even see Clay Thompson until January, um, but I, I knew it. I knew they were going to win the title that year. I saw the landscape, and, and I was and again. I, I literally guaranteed it time and time and again, uh, much to the dismay of a lot of people, until it actually happened. Um, but then we saw last year the media doing, in my opinion, a really weak move of trying to make up for their faux pas by picking the Warriors to to repeat. You saw a lot of people do that. And then now you're seeing the media lazy and possibly just ignorant again this time. And and this isn't the media. This is actually GMs in this case. But I feel like in a lot of ways they go synonymous sometimes. You have the GMs once again just looking past the Warriors. Like, you know, just because a year went by, the team still went to the conference semis. I don't think anyone is looking at this Warriors roster or not many and realizing how much better it is than a year ago. Like this team is night and day what it was to what it is now, do you agree with that sentiment that this team is far superior? I, I believe that strongly. Do you? Yeah, I, of course I do. And I think that just the vibe you're getting with training camp. And I did listen to the Looney episode, which was awesome. So pumped you got him on the program. If you're somehow listening to this episode and not the Looney one, then I don't know what you're doing. I mean, you can listen to both. <laughs> That'd be great, too. But uh, I, I just loved what Looney said about he had never seen or maybe he hadn't seen in a long time. Steph and Clay and Draymond coming into training camp that locked in. Like, I think it's kind of a reset. Uh, the Warriors played a month and a half less of basketball than yeah. is their goal in this dynasty. So they had a little bit longer of an offseason. They made some changes on the roster, some surprising ones, getting rid of people that seemed like we're going to be franchise cornerstones and then bringing in some former rivals and everything. But I think the vibe around the team is good. And of course, we're not around the team every single day per se but you can tell with the way that Kerr and Curry and Draymond and Looney and all those talking heads are just really light up there and it seems like everyone's having fun and happy to be back and I don't think that's something that you can fake especially last year when you were considering where they were at they were pretty transparent about it I think Steve Kerr said that uh, the punch in particular was the hardest thing he's had to deal with as a coach in oh, all yeah. of his nine years. So I don't think there's any kind of like facade they're putting on. I think they're genuinely happy to be back and uh, just all around the vibe is good and they're ready to work. Yeah, absolutely, man. It is very different. And there are reporters who actually are there every day. And and the sentiment from them is that this team is connected we heard Mike Dunleavy Jr. utter that word a lot during this offseason, connectivity. Uh, but, you know, th- there is some truth to that, I think. I mean, the, the Jordan Poole punch did clearly cause uh, a-, a lot of chaos uh, behind the scenes. 
Um, you had a lot of young players. I still, you know, everyone's heard my thoughts verbatim. It's beating a dead horse talking about those two-way players. But I even think the two-way roster, the two, the, the roster portion that includes the two-way players is drastically better. Like, I love Lester Quinones. I don't know if we're going to see him much this season, but long-term, he might be, he might have a bright future. Um, we have Usman Garuba, who is, uh, who I'm calling him right now. I don't know if the nickname is going to stick, but a uh, little big Draymond just because, you know, he is younger. And so he's taking all, he's kind of like a little brother to Dre, but he's bigger and they look exactly the damn same. It is insane how close they look, uh, how similar they are in terms of just physical appearance. Um, and then, uh, you know, and then obviously we got D Dario Saric, Trace Jackson Davis. I mean, it's look, I, we, I'm really stoked in this roster. I'm getting giddy. I'm even getting excited about Brandon Pajemski. Um, so it's night and day different. Now ESPN, uh, did, a, a, a list like they do. Right. And, um, this is apparently the 13th time they've done this where they do a countdown of who the best players in the NBA is, uh, or are sorry, whatever the grammar is there from, from, uh, I think was it one through a hundred. Um, I believe that's what they, what, what, what they do with in, uh, and I don't, I don't know how they pick these exactly. Is it just a bunch of their, their behind the scenes folks? And, and for, is it just their whole staff voting? Is that, do you know how they do this exactly? Like, um, actually I actually don't. I, the list makes me laugh every single year that I probably should go and look at how I they actually it. calculate it. But yeah, I found it. It's uh there. The ESPN's NBA rank panel is composed of nearly 150 reporters, editors, producers, and analysts. Uh, so they, so it's a collective of, again, close to 150 people who work for ESPN uh, making these decisions. And they've been releasing these rankings like on an incremental basis. They save the top 10 for last. And I agree, P pretty boy, that the Warriors are going to prove everyone wrong. Um, but uh, <laughs> I don't know what this, I'll get to the chat later. But, um, but so the right here's the top 10. All right. And, and we can, and we, uh, and we'll, we'll totally break this down. But the disrespect towards Stephen Curry, I, I just, it never ends. And, and a part of me thinks that it could be like a West Coast bias, meaning only 16% of the population. Uh, this is so, what someone told me recently. And I don't know if it's true, but uh, I trust him for the most part. So correct me if I'm wrong on this. But uh, a friend of mine told me that 16% of the US population lives on the West Coast. And so you can deduce from that that the media and the media industry in general just doesn't care about us as much. And, and oftentimes they're asleep when our games finish. So they're not obsessed and watching a team like the Warriors nearly as much as we are. So maybe it is that East Coast bias. Maybe there is some truth to it. Maybe there is a, a financial agenda in terms of Steph being an Under Armour uh, client and not a Nike client. Nike and the NBA have a deep relationship with billions of dollars at stake. Uh, so I'm I'm always skeptical when, when that amount of money is involved in terms of bias being implemented. Whatever the reason, I really feel like Stephen Curry was completely ripped again. Um, and we're going to break down that list when we come back. And, and again, Greg, I, I, you're going to be on the show all season, every week. I'm stoked on that. Um, and then maybe, you could, maybe you'll push back. Maybe you disagree with what my sentiments are going to be. But we'll talk about that list. We're going to break it down after. We give some love to our sponsor today, and that is FanDuel, uh, the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. Football season is here. That's the main focus when it comes to gambling, although basketball is just around the corner, uh, and, and you can even bet on preseason for all you degenerates out there. But FanDuel, first of all, Greg, how are you feeling about the Niners, man? I mean, I don't know if that's your team. That's my team. I love them emphatically. I, I have nothing but love for the red and gold. Grew up with the Niners dynasty. Are you are the Niners your team as well? And what are your thoughts about uh, this Sunday's game where they play the Browns? 
Well, I grew up a big fan of the Cal Bears, which led me to get really into Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, that got kind of weird toward the end because he just got super interesting. But now I work in the Bay Area and follow the Niners. So I'm, I'm not a fan in the same way that okay. you are in the ride or die. But so fun to watch, man. Like, they are just kicking teams' butts. Like Yes, they are. I'm sorry. You're like, you don't make your schedule, okay? And the Cowboys, like, you could say that's the only team they played. Every team that they play, they seem to do just fine with. So oh, yeah. you don't want to oh, peak yeah. in September, October. But as of right now... They are unquestionably the best team. I, uh, I, I honestly feel like this Niners. This is the best Niners team since since Steve Young was taking snaps. It's been that that long, but this team is complete. Uh, they're favored right now over the Browns by nine and a half for this Sunday. And look, you can bet on all that and so much more. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get two hundred dollars in what's called bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet, meaning place $5 on a bet, you get $200 in bonus bets. It's good as cash on the app. It's that easy. They're just giving money away. That's $200 in bonus bets, whether you win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Spreads, player props, OUs. The betting options are limitless, so visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NF. Trying to find my finger. L. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. For making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day for the everydayers tomorrow night on the show we're going live with a post game action following preseason game number two the Warriors are in LA to take on the Lakers again uh, Jonathan Kaminga his thumb is reportedly healing which is encouraging but again tune in tomorrow night Trice High uh, a documentarian who's currently releasing a five part Stephen Curry documentary um, is going to join the program he's got two of the five parts already released he's about to release part three so he's going to come on and promote that. Uh, and then Sophia Jones, uh, Mark Jones's daughter, who makes an appearance on this program sometimes, will also be part of the panel. We're going to talk Warriors. We're going to break it all down. But right now, I got Greg Silver with me. You can follow him on Twitter at Greg O Silver. The O is O H. And on Threads, which is both of our favorite platform, Greg O Silver, but without the H. It's just Greg O Silver. Uh, so follow him there. You can follow me again on Threads at Dog Wild. So here is the ranking. And by the way, real fast, uh, Drew. Uh, I, I love the the I, look. I I've, I hope you appreciate my sense of humor. I love to laugh. Uh, but Jay's case is still part of a, a sponsor. They're just not sponsoring tonight's show. Um, but uh, let's get to the rankings real fast here. Um, number ten for the top ten players in the NBA, courtesy of, of close to 150 members of the ESPN staff who voted on this, is Anthony Davis. Uh, number nine is 39. Year, is he 39? 38? Going on 39 year old LeBron. James. He's nine. Number eight, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Number seven, Kevin Durant. That's a slippage. I guarantee that. Number six, Jason Tatum. Number five, Stephen Curry. Not one, not two, not three, not four, five. That is that is an insult. Stephen Curry is fifth. Who's ahead of him? Luka Doncic at number four. The Mavericks didn't even make the playoffs last year. Number three, Joel Embiid. If you're thinking to yourself, well, maybe Steph dropped to number five because of age, Joel Embiid is about to be 30. He's never, led a, he's never led a team past the second round of the playoffs. 
He's number three. I know he's the reigning MVP, but still. Number two, Nikola Jokic. Kind of understand that one. And then number one, Giannis Antetokounmpo. That is the top 10 uh, uh, best players in the NBA, courtesy of ESPN. Uh, that is, again, uh, just egregious. It's borderline offensive. Um, Stephen Curry should easily be in the top three, in my humble opinion. What are your thoughts, Greg, on the rankings? I've been looking at the chat, and I see our guy Chris Swish has had some very spot-on comments so far. If you want to put Nikola Jokic at number one because of what he did all of last season, probably having his best of the last three seasons and then not winning MVP, and then unlike the previous two, making it happen in the playoffs, just Denver ran through everybody and then won the finals in five, and he was clearly the best player. If you want to put him at the top spot, I'm totally on board with that. That's probably where my vote would go. Uh, I'm not saying I would take him over Steph in every game, but just for the sake of like, let's give the man his damn respect at this point, you can put him a uh, one. Two and three has got to be a tie. Maybe not a tie, but I think two or three, uh, Steph and Giannis, you can kind of make a case either way. Uh, Giannis clearly has the physical stature and just a defensive monster in addition uh, to everything he does. He's a great teammate. He's a great leader. He is a champion. Uh, he elevates his teammates. Absolutely nothing negative to say about Giannis. For Steph, I mean, you got to put him above Embiid and you got to put him above Luka Doncic, in my opinion, because of, if I think I said this to Kylan one time, can't remember if it was on a show or just off the air in conversation, but I said of all the people I've seen in my lifetime, the greatest teammate elevators that I've ever seen are LeBron James, the late great Kobe, Jokic, now you could see with all the advanced analytics, and Steph. And it's definitely those four, and then there's a fat gap between everybody else, as great as some other players are. If you're talking about teammate coming in, culture, players who play for that team have the best year of their career, look at some of the Warriors role players since 2013, and tell me how many have gotten even like minutes on another team. Uh, once they leave the dubs. I mean, it is pretty unbelievable. And that really all does start with Steph. I'd put him at two. Uh, again, it, the, the nice thing with Steph is like, he doesn't care. Um, but that's our job to stick up for our guy. And he should absolutely be in that top three. I would push for top two. And I think many can make an argument to have him at the top. Yeah, absolutely. I'm still peeved that back in 2021 they, they didn't give him the MVP they gave it to Jokic when you look at the measurables I mean Steph had a year that that was comparable to his 2015 MVP 2016 MVP I'm sorry uh where he was the only unanimous MVP in NBA history he's putting up similar numbers but because the Warriors finished the eighth seed uh they give it to Jokic but then Jokic also won an MVP one year when his Nuggets team the next year I believe finished with the sixth seed uh before the Warriors uh, took care of him in the first round I, I, it's just a lot of, of bias. It's a lot of, uh, I don't know what the right word is, man, but it, it, it definitely peeves me. And um, I just don't understand, again, why he's five. I, you know, in fact, I want to read real fast what the, if they, they, you know, they added some commentary for each of these. Um, so what they wrote about Stephen Curry uh, in terms of why his ranking was unchanged. Uh, he was fifth last year as well. Was it, is that true? Is, yeah, for the third straight year, Curry's ranked number five. I do not get this. Um, he led the NBA in three pointers made. Uh, wait, this has, I, I thought I thought Clay Thompson led the NBA in three pointers made. That's what ESPN's writing here. Am I correct on that? 
I would believe Clay because he had such a hot stretch after New Year's and Steph missed a couple of stretches with injuries like we haven't yeah. seen before. Um, this article is just, it, yeah, I guess it that? just goes to show, you know, these are the people making this choice. They literally wrote in the Stephen Curry part of it, he led the NBA in three-pointers made, not percentage, you know, for for the third straight season. I'm pretty sure Clay Thompson won that. Uh, doing it, it was Clay, 301. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And it mentions the, the Curry injury, so he only played uh, 56 games. Um, it, it's, it's ridiculous. And especially when you consider, again, that Luka, his team didn't make the playoffs. He comes up almost every year to camp fat. He's chubby, um, you know, which which represents a lack of commitment. I don't doubt that Luca could someday be one of the all-time greats. He's not there yet. And for, for them to rank him ahead of Steph, that is egregious. I think they do. What, what is more egregious to you, though? The Joel Embiid part or the Luca part? To you? Probably the Luca part because I know he's fun. I know he's fantastic. And down goes the picture frame. Man. Oh. <laughs> Um, Is it just random? Like, what happened Just, there? Just the pain of slippage. I uh, guess I got to decorate the wall a little bit, but peel back <laughs> the curtain, everybody. Um, back to your question. I would say that the Luca part is maybe a little bit more egregious just because we know what he can be. We've seen the greatness and the flashes and how fun he is. Joel Embiid won MVP, and he has been the best player on a team I also think just in general, it's very easy to tear other people down when you're looking at some of this stuff. But let's look about uh, like the reason I want Steph higher is because of what he is yeah. and what he has done as opposed to like, oh, Joel Embiid can't do this or hasn't done this. And Luca's yep. too young and hasn't accomplished this. I'm more focused on what we have seen, what has been given to us. And just off of that alone, I think Steph has to be up there. You can say Jokic and Giannis also in that top three because of what they have done and what they have brought to the table. Right. I'm totally with you. Um, <laughs> uh, damage 1212. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. Right. So that picture frame was like ESPN's credibility hanging in the balance. I, I totally agree. Uh, <laughs> that's live programming for you folks right there. Uh, so again, I, Greg and I are on the same page ESPN. What the hell are you doing? Um, that is such a BS ranking, uh, Stephen Curry. I, again, I can understand. I don't agree with it, but I can kind of understand Jokic and Giannis. Um, but the MB part of it, the Luka part of it, come on, give me a break. Um, let's shift gears here real fast uh, because one player um, that I want to show some love to uh, quickly, um, he was mentioned, uh, or not mentioned, I'm sorry, he was interviewed after practice a couple days ago. Steve Kerr had some thoughts on him as well, and that is uh, Dario Saric. Um, I am elated that Dario Saric is a member of the Golden State Warriors. To me, he's borderline perfect in terms of what they're looking for. Um, didn't impress me overall defensively, um, but given how good he is offensively, uh, he could be good enough on that side of the ball to make up for his defensive deficiencies. Not to mention, again, he's 6'10", 6'11", gives you rebounding. Uh, you know, that height obviously creates an obstacle defensively, even if he's not super quick laterally. Um, and then the, uh, during media day, he he gave some insight into what led to his uh, a decision to sign with the Warriors. In case people forgot, um, there was a, a good gap of time between the first reports coming out that the Warriors wanted charge or were likely going to sign him before it actually happened. It was almost like a week of just kind of limbo. And he revealed that that he was doing his research on the Warriors system, watching film, 
and whatnot, which certainly impressed me. I, I loved hearing that. Um, let's hear some more from Sharich. He kind of elaborated a bit more um, on that decision-making process and also just talked about joining the Warriors and, and how his fit's going to be here. So here's Dario Sharich. Dario, kind of piggybacking off that, obviously you're a really high IQ player. It's a high IQ team for a big, you're a great passer, playmaker. You've always had that feel. Has it been a seamless transition for you to kind of fit into how the Warriors play offensively? Because I know some guys, some new additions, they actually struggle to kind of acclimate to how the Warriors play offensively. Uh, yeah, uh, for me it was, you know, obviously I play against Golden State Warriors a couple of times in this my years in the league and I see how they play. Of course, they always go run deep in the a, in a, in a, in a playoffs. So you got the time to kind of watch them, to experience that. Obviously, during the summer, I was watching, you know, some kind of highlights, some kind of games, how they play. And I think, you know, this is the maybe best team for me to fit in. And uh, and what I think I'm doing right now, I think I'm doing great. You know, I think I'm doing good on a practice, kind of try to fit in that. And I really like that kind of basketball, you know, when you have like five guys who are dangerous in every moment. To, to score the ball, you know, it gets easier for other guys, you know, gets easier for, for Steph, you know, and if I score one, three points, gonna, you know, sometimes people need to think about me, so it's gonna give more, maybe a little bit space more for Steph and Clay and that kind of stuff, you know, everybody needs to do their own job and I think should be like great season for us. <laughs> um, it's a little broken uh, English there, but that's okay. Uh, your thoughts, Greg? I haven't really picked your brain on this yet. What are your thoughts as we wrap things up here? Uh, I know you got to run uh, real fast. Um, what are your thoughts on Dario? Super Dario, although he's he's Serbian, he's not Italian, so that kind of seems weird than me saying that. But uh, Dario Saric, I love it. What are your thoughts on his addition to the Warriors? Well, first of all, I'm here for all the puns. I'll be dropping Dario carts, Super Dario. Even if you're a San Francisco native, Dario's Bohemian Cigar Store in North Beach. Fantastic. Uh, but look at that, man. Like, the guy is talking about embracing his role. I mean, that's kind of nice to hear, right? It's like, he is like, I watched the Warriors and the way they play basketball, and I thought it would be a great fit for me. And I want to get the ball to Steph, and maybe if I hit a three-pointer, people will focus on me. I mean, it's kind of sounding like what Otto Porter ended up being in terms of just like a functional piece just a couple of years ago. Maybe his play style might be a little similar to a Bielitsa. I know the chat was talking about that. But uh, I'm excited, man. Like, I do worry a little bit about the defense and the maybe the lateral movement on pick and roll. I don't know how it would go defending against the Laker team that knocked off the Warriors last year. But I think that if Chris Paul is willing to run the offense without Steph, that's a completely different style. That's an on the ball guard who moves at a slower pace and, you know, is really passing focused and not going to just be running around for 24 seconds and uh, find the threes. And they're both great in very different ways. But I think Dario is also the type of player that could work really, really well in a CP3 led unit. I and the CP3 part is very important. I I, I really want to see CP3. We're likely not going to see it uh, this Friday or tomorrow um, because of Draymond Green's injury. But I really want to see Chris Paul with that second unit because I'm with you. That second unit looks strong, uh, and to have CP3 leading it would just. I mean, it, that I feel like that second unit could be a playoff team on its own. It's that good, and, and that's what the Warriors suddenly have here. Uh, let's hear from Steve Kerr uh, talking about Sharch as well because he kind of added his thoughts uh, the same day. This was about two days ago uh, following practice, and here is Kerr 
talking about charge. And we talked all offseason about Dario's theoretical fit. You know, we talked about it through the early days of training camp, but getting to see it on the court in a preseason game, you know, despite limited sample size, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on, you know, how he's fitting in here? Yeah, Dario's perfect fit. Perfect fit. He's been great. Um, I think now that he's got his legs underneath him, mm-hmm. he's um, and, a, and a feel for, for how we play. Um, do you hear that? Perfect. I, I, do you ever look, Greg, you grew up with the Kerr family. How often does Steve Kerr use the word perfect to describe a player or anything? Well, I don't think he's like a sugar coat kind of guy. I mean, I, <laughs> I know he likes to be upbeat and positive and it's a new season. So that means new opportunity. And I understand the positive sentiment, but like I said, it's not just words that you would toss around for no reason. And I Correct. think he really believes that when he says perfect fit, that's why I'm, Super pumped about Dario Saric and hearing that just a few days ago. Music to my ears. Damn right. Let's finish. Let's hear the rest of it. He's getting better and better every day. But we really missed that dynamic last year that, uh, you know, that Billy Porter type player, big who can stretch the floor, um, but still make plays and a uh, good passer. Um, that that really changes, um, you know, the the equation offensively when you have someone out there you can kind of run the offense through uh, and, and can space the floor with a three-point shot. So um, I'm really excited about him. I think we all are, Coach, uh, and I'm, I'm ecstatic. I, I'm getting more and more giddy about this season. Uh, let's go to the chat real fast to wrap things up. I know you got to run, Greg, and uh, we're going to try to tighten the show uh, to keep it that 30-minute mark. Uh, to make all the the, the locked on brass happy, uh, pretty boy BT quickly writes. Um, what are the Warriors doing with Rudy? Referring to Rudy Gay. Uh, no news there yet. Uh, the indication seems to be. I, I'm guessing he's the front runner. Um, his teammates right now are, are speaking glowingly about him. He looks like a great fit. Uh, but again, nothing's official yet. Um, anything you want to add to that, Greg? Well, yeah. Did you listen to what uh, Kaminga said about his relationship with Rudy Gay? I thought that yes. was really interesting. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. He mentioned uh, Rudy Gay and, and someone else is like a mentor, right? Who was the other player? There were two of them. I think them. CP3. And so, thank you. And CP3. Yeah. Yes. There you go. They, they replaced Iguodala in terms of that that mentorship role. 100% agree. Um, I think he solves that, that hole that a lot of people see in terms of the Warriors maybe needing just one more big. He's a big dude. Um, and he's not incompetent. His basketball IQ is very high. Uh, he's a good enough shooter to space the floor offensively. I, I think he would be fantastic. Um, coach DC, is this uh, is this the same coach that was just on our show last week? Writes, I thought uh, the roster was too little too, I'm guessing, years ago. You crazy man. I think, are you referring to like the 2021-22 season? Um, to, in case you're you're referring to, or you're talking about the Warriors being too small that year, uh, look, the the NBA landscape's changed. I mean, the Warriors got away with that two years ago, largely because there, there were no other teams out there that had these, like the Lakers were not a thing two years ago. Let me put it that way. The Nuggets were thin. They didn't have a uh, depth. Um, so you had Aaron Gordon, you had uh, Nikola Jokic, and like that was it. Um, Jamal Murray, I believe, was injured that season. Right? Did he get hurt late that season? I think that's what happened. So Yeah, against so, the Warriors. That's right. Good call on that. So, look, times times change. Uh, and and the landscape right now with, with the NBA is a lot of teams, the elite teams, did get bigger um, but I'm feeling good right now, man, especially if the Rudy Gay thing comes in, comes into play with Dario Saric. I, I, my early impressions of uh, uh, Trace Jackson Davis are very strong. Um, like he didn't put up much in terms of stats in that first preseason game, but he had one block that was damn good, man. And, and if he can do that consistently, uh, any final thoughts from you, Greg, as we wrap up the show? 
Yeah, I think a nice way to close it out, uh, just because the last time I was here, you asked me this question. I didn't really know the answer to it, which was why have the Warriors not gone and targeted bigs when they struggled with size last year? And I said, I don't really know. And the best guess I had was that they were so confident within themselves and really looking internally, needing to fix what they were doing in their brand of basketball. And I think that that's kind of what I've started to believe a little bit more when I hear players talk coming back from training camp and they all know the work ethic. Uh, Their stars are locked in. Chris Paul, they're really working hard to make him a good fit. And it sounds like it's going as well as it could up to this point. So I think just kind of like kind of walking away with that sentiment as we get ready for preseason game number two, which is, yeah, the Warriors don't play like everybody else. And maybe they do have certain holes, but they're going to try to exploit other teams holes too. And uh, if they can get everything right, then they can make another run at a Larry O'Brien. And that's what we're all hoping for. Yeah, I'm feeling good, right? I'm feeling good about this Warriors team. Um, the, the roster looks legit. Their depth is legit. The traveling Urquidez with some negativity. You're, you're, you're bumming everyone out, man. You're traveling Urquidez writes, we're not going to be good. First of all, I don't know the we, the we thing, or if you're referring to the Warriors, agree to disagree, my friend. I think they're going to be fine, man. They, they, as long as they're healthy. That's going to be the important part of this. But if they're healthy... They're going to they're gonna be good. And Kaminga, uh, again, he sprained his thumb on the backboard, I believe. Uh, this just goes to show how athletic he is. He was just soaring in the clouds, and his thumb hit the backboard of the backboard of the – how do you say that? I'm, 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 we're done. That's, that's an indication the show is over. Uh, Greg, <laughs> anything you want to promote before we go? Uh, well, just stay tuned and follow me on the platforms. I mean, I'm planning on uh, creating a little basketball related something with one of the other producers at KMBR. So we should be getting that up and running because we know the station, uh, we're the Giants and Niners flagship, but we don't have a ton of basketball talk that goes along and we want to kind of keep that going on the side. So uh, yeah, appreciate it. You can always message me with anything that you want to talk about or anything you like to hear from. I'm planning on having a lot of Warriors content throughout the season and i can't wait appreciate you Cy, and appreciate everyone who tuned in likewise man appreciate you greg thank you to everyone we'll be back at this tomorrow night uh warriors lakers uh post game that's where you're gonna find us until then have a great evening and bye-bye all right dude go run